You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, have you ever wondered how I generate thousands of inbound leads per year using LinkedIn? Well, this episode is sponsored by my guide, The Ultimate Guide to Generating Inbound Leads with LinkedIn. This is the definitive guide on how to consistently generate inbound leads using LinkedIn and social selling. So if you want a copy of that guide, just send a text to 44222 with the word L-I guide, all one word, L-I guide to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Jeremy Parker. He's a serial entrepreneur, having created multiple successful organizations over the course of his career. His first company, Tipped, went on to be acquired by a publicly traded company. Most recently, Jeremy has co-founded Swag.com, an online marketplace offering a wide variety of customizable branded content. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thanks so much for having me. Great yeah, to be here. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. You're on vacation in Costa Rica. So that's in, that's interesting. I'm just glad you have bandwidth. I know. Uh, I was actually very surprised. It, I was I had to do multiple checks to make sure I would uh, be online. Yeah, we worked out. So we lucked out. Perfect. Well, listen, again, thanks for being here. And just to tease everybody, okay? This is going to be a really cool episode because we're going to talk about the two marketing hacks that Jeremy and Swag.com use to hit over 3 million a month in sales. All right? So there's two big takeaways from this. And I think some or all of you are going to be able to apply one or both of these to your business. You're going to have to search a little bit, but this is going to be a little bit of a roadmap on how you might be able to leverage these strategies for your own business. But before we jump into that, where in the hell did the idea for Swag.com come from? Why would you get into the promotional products business when there are umpteen thousand different promotional product companies? Tell me why. That's a good question. (laughs) I think about it all the time. I actually, when I graduated college, I was a documentary filmmaker back in college. And when I graduated college, my first job out of college was working for this company called MV Sport. MV Sport is one of the largest players in the promotional product space. So I saw how broken, old, and fragmented the industry was. Frankly, I would go to all these trade shows and I would see that all the sales were heavily reliant on back and forth emails, catalogs to close sales, phone calls. And I realized that there's probably a better way, definitely a better way for me. But at the time, this is about 12, 13 years ago, the buyer was you know, a much older buyer. And maybe that's how they wanted to buy promotional products. But you fast forward you know, 10, 12 years, I've done a lot of different random things, but I was also always just super fascinated with the promotional product space. And it was getting bigger and bigger, the industry. It's now nearly a $40 billion market. And when I realized that the experience, the buying experience hasn't really changed, but the buyer changed. And it was kind of like this aha moment. The buyer is now this millennial buyer. It's a 25-year-old. They want to do things very differently than the old buyers. They want to find things very curated. They don't want to search through thousands upon thousands of products. They want to be like, here's the top 25. They don't want to speak to anyone on the phone. They want to find what they're looking for, design it, and buy it in a matter of seconds. So once I I, I realized that industry is growing, the buyer changed, there's no platform for today's buyer. What if I could become that platform? So we went all in with swag.com. Love it. Okay, cool. So that's why... Tell us, give us a quick story about the first company. What was the first company about when you uh, sold that company? Because I think you sold that to a publicly traded company. That was was that your first business? 
that was, well, I guess my, my first real business, I had a, a t-shirt company before, which I, I think to me, it was a real business. It was more of a learning experience. That's how I treated that to learn what I was good at. But when I started Tip Media, basically what we did with my brother and a co-founder, Jesse Isler, we started this business where we were doing product placement for YouTube videos and for major celebrities. So that was the idea. Early on, YouTube stars were getting millions upon millions of views, but they were making no money. They were living in their parents' basement. It just, it just didn't make sense. This is before that everybody right now. What year is this? Wow. This was, uh, I was 25. So this was about 11 years ago. Okay. Or so it's very early on. Yeah. And early, early. Yeah. Early. And, and just these, these YouTube stars and, so, and some of these guys now are multimillionaires, but what we realized is what if we could get big name brands like State Farm, Colgate, Verizon, Wonderful Pistachios, these big name companies who are doing TV commercials and spending millions of dollars to do either product placement on American Idol, or they're just spending millions of dollars on commercials. What if they could actually get more views, hit their exact demographic and help at the same time, these YouTube stars who are creating this amazing content online. So we really were the broker in many ways and brokered a lot of deals with a lot of these big YouTube stars and made a lot of these YouTube stars, you know, millionaires, frankly, made them a lot of money. Ultimately, we realized that this should work for more than just YouTube stars. This should work for major celebrities. So we partnered up with some of the biggest celebrities in the world, people who at the time, think about like 6,000 Twitter followers, right? But now they have over 60 million Twitter followers. So we're buying the rights to celebrities and their contracts before they frankly knew how valuable it was. It was kind of like buying oil before they knew how oil was valuable. It was the very early days with a lot of these social channels. And a lot of these celebrities were trying to figure out ways to monetize their social presence. And we had this, you know, this hook and this experience and kind of, you know, we've proven that we've done it for YouTube. We can help you do it for Twitter and Facebook, et cetera. So we built up this infrastructure of a lot of different celebrity contracts and ultimately got bought by this uh, bigger publicly traded company. Nice. Awesome. Well, that was a great learning experience. Very different than what you're doing now. But I think obviously you learned a lot during that process. You probably made a little bit of money that gave you a little bit of time and runway to think about your next idea. What year did you launch uh, Swag.com? We launched it in 2016, January. So we're on our almost our six, we've completed almost our six year business at this point. We've grown over 100% year over year. Our first year of business, 2016, we did. A little bit over 350,000. It's very manual process of sales. We'll get into how we got those early sales. 2017 did a little bit over a million. 2018, 3 million. 2019, 7 million. Last year, 15.5 million. And this year, we're on track to break 30 million. So every year, we're getting bigger and bigger. And at this point, we have about 7,000 customers who are buying from us. And it's really B2B buyers. So it's really businesses who are buying swag for their office managers buying swag for company culture, their HR teams buying swag for onboarding new hires, or sales teams buying swag for leads, or the marketing teams buying swag as a thank you to their best customers or to humanize their virtual events. So all these different buyers within the company are buying swag for very different reasons. And we want to be the go-to platform for all organizations and all departments within those organizations. Love it. When you said that run rate, it brought me back to my last business. It's funny because we did our first year, we did a million, then we did 3 million, then we did 6 million, then we did 12 million, then we did 18 million. And let me tell you, as the CEO, that rock gets really freaking heavy when you have to try to double every year. So, you know, it's easy to double, you know, a half a million to a million, a million to two million. But man, now you're at these run rates, you're doing 3 million a month, 15 million a year. So, you know, you're, you got your work cut out for you. But hey, listen, when you hit 30 million or 60 million, and I hope you do, my fingers are crossed for you, maybe we'll have you back on and we'll tell a little bit different story. But today, We're going to talk about these two marketing hacks that you shared with me before we hit record. So break that down for us. I think there was two things that have contributed really, really, really heavily and significantly to the growth you just shared with us. Break those down for us. Whichever one you want to pick first, take care of it. Yeah, sure. So 
there's a lot of different ways that we went about it. But I think the two biggest ways that we were able to grow our business, the first way was the actual purchasing of our name up front. So from the very beginning, we always had this mindset of, we want to convert offline conversations to online purchasing. Like As you said in the starter, there's over 30,000 companies that sell promotional products. How do we cut through the noise? And if we're not a D2C brand. We're not a company selling shoes online. It's not impulse purchasing. right? It's business buying. So when you see you know, an advertisement for swag.com or for any promotional product company, you're most likely not looking to buy swag. You need to buy it for a use case. There's, people are being onboarded. There, you're, there's an event coming up. So what we need to do is get in front of people let be on top of their mind. So later on, eight months later, nine months later, a year later, when they're actually talking to their boss and their boss says, Hey, we need some quality swag. It triggers in their mind to type directly into the browser swag.com. That was always from the very, very beginning, but it's very challenging. How do you build this kind of, you know, this brand that is really on top of mind. So from the very beginning, before we even started the business, we went out and we said, what is the ultimate name for our industry? Everyone's calling it swag or everyone today's buyers are all calling it swag. It's a four layer domain name. We need to have this name. So super memorable. When you see swag.com, the logo, it's clear. It's a destination. I have to go to swag.com. So we were negotiating the name for about almost nine months. And the original owner of the name was sitting on it. It was about for $1.2 million he was asking for. And what we decided to do is obviously we didn't have 1.2 million. We negotiated the name down to about 200,000. And once we got to a price, which we thought it was fair, actually, I thought that was a great deal. We worked out a deal with the owner that we would exclusively license the name for a two-year period with the option to buy we didn't have 200,000 from, from the get-go, but we knew how powerful the name was from the start. So we could have the name swag.com, build a website on it, make sales, use those sales to ultimately pay back the, the owner of the domain, you know, the 200,000. It would allow us to start from day one right now, build up that credibility, have the money, and then purchase it. So that was our first thing that we did. It's probably the smartest thing we did up until that point. The second thing we did to try to grow the well, wait, before before we break before we break into that second one, let's pull this apart a little bit. So everybody understands. Swag is kind of a it's it's a term that people use in a variety of different ways, good and bad for Jeremy, right? We talked a little bit about that. The bad is kind of like having swag, like hey, you're you know you've got swagger or swag, like you you know you mentioned like a, how Justin Bieber refers to it. But then there's swag, which is kind of like promotional products. So so when you bought this domain the early on, and this is something that most founders don't do early on in particular, is really focusing on that brand component because you knew that in order to stand out from the other 30,000 people that are selling a lot of the same shit you were going to sell, right? With very, very little difference. I mean, they're t-shirts, they're mugs, they're all these just different products that you can put somebody's name on. You realized that brand was going to be one of those differentiators and not only the name, but also having that domain name. And I mean, you spent 200 grand. What? I mean, so you, what you had a two-year option to buy it. Did you buy? You waited till the end of the second year to buy the option, buy it because oh, we, you we waited it? six months. I mean, we started growing really quickly, and we're like, we don't. Even though we had it contractually, we had up to two years. We just wanted the name fully at that point. We realized it was a real business. We were getting the sales. We were getting some credibility, and we're like, let's just own it at this point. Yeah, love it. Okay, so this leads us into part two, which is again coming, going to come back, and you're going to see the tie back to the brand and the domain. So. Talk to us a little bit about the second part, the second hack that's really generated, been a huge customer acquisition tool for you. Yeah. So from the very beginning, swag, if you think about what swag is meant to do, it's usually given out. I mean, it's always given out, but it's given out to your internal employees. It's given out to your best customers, your leads. It's always trying to hide in your brand and get on top of mind for these recipients, right? You're supposed to give it out. It's not like a pair of jeans where it looks cooler the more you wear it. You actually want to buy it and give it out. So when we realized this, we thought, 
Well, what if we could actually print on the inner label of all of our t-shirts, swag.com with our tagline, we made this. And if we could showcase how great the quality of the product is, how great the print is, because we are really all obsessed with quality. It's, it's obviously we're doing all these other things to get them to our site, but really at the end of the day, we want to showcase the quality products that we have. We've curated the best of what's out there. We've made it really easy for customers to purchase the experience. But from the very beginning, from day one, we had no website. How do we get our name out there? So we said, let's print the swag.com on the inner label. So this is our second order. We did our first orders with Facebook. It's a whole different story. But our second order is with WeWork. And we realized WeWork is you know, this community of entrepreneurs, this community of founders, community of startup enthusiasts. And they had this big event coming up called the WeWork Summer Camp. It's for 5,000 people all go to this campground and party for three days. And we said, we have to win that deal. We knew every year they do the WeWork t-shirt. We have to win it. It didn't matter about making money. It didn't matter about... It, margins were like the last thing on our mind. Like we were okay even losing a lot of money to win this deal. We undercut everybody. And for us, and we had my, my parents rolling the t-shirts and my grandma, my aunts and uncles and brother and sister rolling the t-shirts. We had to roll 5,000 t-shirts. We had to rent a U-Haul. We drove out for four hours to make the delivery to the campgrounds because we knew that when they give out these t-shirts, they're going to feel the quality. They're going to see the print and they're going to get the instant social proof that, wow, we work uses swag.com. Maybe we should work with swag.com also. It was like all this tied into when you see on the inner label swag.com, it's not just like having name swag in the label. It was swag.com. It's a clear destination. So after that event, we had thousands of people coming to our website and we didn't even have a website at this point. It's just a landing page, fill out our forms. And we got about a hundred customers from that one single event. And we knew the power that every single one of our customers is going to be doing the marketing for us. When they buy a thousand t-shirts, they're going to give away those a thousand t-shirts. When they buy a thousand more balls, they're going to give away a thousand more balls. All those products are going to be doing the marketing for us and bringing us customers. So that was a big part of the business from the get-go. And as we've expanded and we've done our swag distribution platform, we have this whole platform built where you could buy a thousand t-shirts and now easily through our platform, distribute to a thousand different remote addresses, which is very you know, needed during this pandemic environment where everyone's remote. And everyone's disconnected. Every single time they make a shipment, there's a small packing slip that says powered by swag.com. So our platform itself does the marketing for us. And we built it into the nature of the beast. Every time someone buys, we know they're going to be bringing us five to 10 new customers just based on their distributions. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, in a time and in a world where social proof has become such a powerful tool for marketing, you literally have the ultimate social proof because with every item that you distribute, it's like getting a personalized endorsement from the brand. That's exactly I mean, right. That's literally what it is. It's like them giving their stamp of approval on every one of the items they give out because inherently they used you and that's the proof, right? Mm -hmm. And not only is that the proof, but the quality of the product is the proof and the quality of everything that's there, the packaging, everything is the proof is in the pudding. And so that's like them giving you the ultimate endorsement every single time one's distributed. This is brilliant. So a lot of people will refer to this as like a viral loop, right? We've all heard of the, you know, the first one that the first case study everybody talks about with viral loops is the whole Hotmail thing, right? Where they had the tagline on the bottom of every email that would go out that says powered by Hotmail. And then you heard of Dropbox and you heard of all these different viral loops. But what you've been able to do is you've been able to take the viral loop and move it offline, right? And not make it digital, right? Which is interesting. And, and I think... With your business, it's it's obviously a, a much straighter line, and there's a there's a much more direct connection. And I'm sure that all of your competitors had the opportunity to do this, and none of them have really done it or done it well. But for some businesses, it's going to be a, it might be a little bit harder to find that loop or to find that feedback or to find that hack. 
But I think the goal of today of coming on here was number one, to tell your story because it's an amazing story and, and kudos to you for you know where, what you've been able to do in just a short period of time. But number two is to get people really thinking creatively outside of the box, right? Because there's always a way. And again, this costs you nothing, literally nothing. It's the most cost-effective customer acquisition strategy that any business can ever have, which is getting referrals from their clients. So Tell us a little bit more about, you know, about the growth of the business and tell us maybe, for example, I mean, let's use that viral loop example. You said that the, your first big deal was WeWork, right? You, you won that WeWork deal for 5,000 t-shirts. You were packing them with your family. You sent that out. You probably lost money on that deal. How many customers do you think you got from that? I think over 100, honestly. And it wasn't even just customers. It was potential partnerships. We actually formed a partnership with WeWork after that because a lot of the WeWork employees and executives were at that summer camp. And they love the quality of t-shirts. And they said, you know, if the event team is using you, we should use you also for internal swag. So the WeWork, different divisions within WeWork were buying us. And then they, WeWork had this whole event where they basically promoted on their website perks. It was called their perk, office perks or something, where they listed us on as one of the perks to all of the community of all WeWorks. And we were listed as the number one perk for about seven months the first year. So, and what we realized also, it's not even about event marketer giving it out to other companies, which that's great also, right? If Facebook has an event, we want Netflix, Uber, and all the people who come to their event to buy. But really, the swag buyers are all within the organization. It's different departments. It's the HR team buying to onboard new hires. It's the office manager who's buying for you know keeping the company culture of the office alive. It's the event marketing team buying swag for humanizing the virtual events and going to trade shows. And the sales team buying swag to close leads and sales. All these different buyers all have different budgets. They all have different you know, points of contact. So for us, it's really important to get in the door and then expand, kind of like a Trojan horse. And once you have the office manager who's buying for internal company needs, now they're sending it to the marketing team. They're sending it to the HR team. They're sending it to the sales team. Now, all these teams within the organization are seeing swag.com. Wow, the office manager uses it. Great quality. Why don't we use it also for our division? So that's really where we're expanding. You know, We have about like 40 or so buyers for Microsoft that are using us. And it started from one buyer, one office manager who started buying us. And once they start buying us, they're seeing the quality it really starts to expand within the company. And that's really our focus. So let me ask you this, because you've mentioned a lot of big names, right? You mentioned WeWork and you mentioned Microsoft and you've mentioned some other big companies. Are the bulk, is your focus very heavily on more enterprise type companies that have that multi-buyer platform where they have you know, all these different divisions and all these different products and all these different locations? Or is that just a byproduct of what's happened? I mean, are you, when you look at your ideal customer, is it more small, small startup type companies? Is it middle market? Is it more enterprise? Help me to understand that the thought process there. So our sweet spot is between 200 and 1,000 employees. That's our sweet spot. We don't necessarily... I mean, we do it for tons of companies that have 50 employees, 24 employees, we have very low minimums. But really the sweet spot is somebody... And this is how it typically goes. They go into our site and they buy 24 t-shirts, right? Or they buy 24 mugs or notebooks. They test out the quality. They buy it on a small division within the company. They really like it. And then their second order, they buy 500 mugs. And then they really like it. And then they buy 10,000 mugs. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And other divisions start coming on board. So as you say, it's more of a byproduct of the platform. From the very beginning, it was always trying to go after the 24, the smaller customers. That's why we went after the WeWork buyers, because they're the smaller buyers. But we always knew that once we get them in the door as small, whether the company gets bigger, they'll start using us. Or there may be a small division within the bigger company, and they could expand. So it's like, how do we get into a company with the, with the least amount of friction? There's all these other companies that are going after the biggest buyers, trying to become one of the preferred vendors, going through all these paperwork, all this. It's too complicated. It's too, it's too competitive, frankly. We want to go 
get in the door from some way, show the quality that we have, and then upsell them. It was always a Trojan horse strategy. So now with like Amazon, we have 30 buyers in Amazon, and it always starts with one point of contact. You get in the door, and then you upsell, and you start showing the quality. It's not even like having the account manager jumping on the phone and trying to upsell. It's the nature of our business. It's them buying something, really seeing the quality, giving it out to other departments. They see the quality, they start buying, them giving it out to other departments, and it just, just grows naturally. And it only really works because our platform is really good and the quality of their products we're obsessed with. You know, We really want to make sure everything that we sell on our site is the highest quality products. And a lot of the companies in our space don't really focus on the quality as much. But for us, we always thought of this. It was like, think of every single marketing medium that you can think of. People are programmatically trained to avoid ads at all costs, right? When you go, you're watching TV commercials and you fast forward through the ads, or you're reading a magazine and you're, and you're programmatically you're going to flip through the ads to get to the content, or you have the ad blockers online. And all these people are just want to avoid ads at all costs. But if you give somebody something of really high quality, right? They say, thank you. It's like the only marketing medium really that I felt like you give this some, somebody something of quality, they're actually going to use it. But if it's really throwaway, it will cost your company money, tarnish your brand, end up in the trash. So for us, it was just, let's build a great experience. Let's build all these viral loops. Let's, let's get the best brand that will be on the top of their mind at all times but it's only going to work if we have the, qual- the highest quality products. That's why they're going to keep coming back to us. Love it. Well, listen, is there anything else you want to add about, you know, about these two strategies? I got a couple more rapid fire questions I want to ask you, and then we'll wrap it up for today. No, I think I kind of laid it out. I think sometimes marketing strategies are not 100% always going to work from one or the other. Sometimes you need multiple different things to be working at the same time. And you should think about as a marketer, what's the easiest way to get in the door? What's the easiest way to expand without having to spend a lot of money? And for us, it was this viral marketing of printing our logos and the inner label. It cost us a little bit extra money to do the inside print, but for us, it, we knew it was very clear. You know, The Swag.com brand from the very beginning had no true value. It only has value as people keep seeing and seeing and seeing it over time. So we knew until we could get it to a point where there's this inflection point where people see the word Swag.com and remember it, we need to figure out other ways to get customers. So for us, a really big thing was getting our customers to do the marketing for us. Love it. All right, listen, a couple rapid fire questions and we'll wrap it up. What's your favorite growth tool, app, SaaS product, some sort of tool that you use to grow the business? If you had to pick one, what would it be? HubSpot, uh, for sure. It keeps us for all of our email marketing. We have a very small team. We have 7,000 customers. We have one account manager who re-engages and there'll be no way that we could re-engage with our customers to give them a good experience if we didn't have HubSpot to segment the lists and be able to market and follow up and reach out through different cadences. So for sure, HubSpot. And maybe the second one, I would say Intercom. We use them for chat and it allows us to kind of engage with our customers even before purchase and after purchase at all times throughout the process. Love it. Okay, great. And what would be one book that you've read, maybe something that's helped you on your journey or you think might help the audience on theirs? Sure. So I, I read a book is actually with one of my co-founders, my previous business, Jesse Itzler. He wrote a book called Living with the Seal. He was actually writing it at the time when we were working together. And I recommend it to all you know, aspiring entrepreneurs or aspiring people who just want to you know, change up their life a little bit, improve their life, get better. And the story is amazing. Jesse is a wildly successful entrepreneur, started Marquee Jet, sold to Warren Buffett, NetJets. He started Zico Coconut Water, sold to Coca-Cola. He's the owner of Atlanta Hawks. He's this really you know, successful entrepreneur. And at one point, he was in this rut, this deep rut that he felt like he wasn't maximizing. He wasn't pushing himself to the boundaries. And what he did was he hired a Navy SEAL to move in with him for a month, him and his family. And he had this Navy SEAL who's a very famous Navy SEAL. And basically, he had to do whatever the Navy SEAL told him to do. And it really showed him that whatever he thinks is his limit, that's really just self-imposed, self-imposed limit. 
And he tells these amazing, I don't want to ruin the book, but he tells these amazing stories where basically, and this could be applied to anybody. Was the was, seal David Goggins? Was it the Goggins? Yeah. Goggins. It was Goggins. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was living with, Goggins came to live with him. And basically he told him, there was one story, the first day Goggins comes in and says to him, I want you to do a uh, hundred pull-ups. And Jesse can't do a hundred pull-ups. He's like, right, maybe I could do six, seven. So you do six, seven. And Goggins says, we're not leaving this room until you do a hundred pull-ups. And over the course of the couple of hours, Jesse somehow willed himself to do a hundred pull-ups. And it really kind of reframed his mindset of anything is really possible. You know, you set these expectations of what you can accomplish. And that's really just probably 40% of really what you could accomplish. And there's so much more for you to grow. So I think anyone who just wants to grow as a person should read it. And it's, it's a very funny book as well. What's the name of the book again? Living with the Seal. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, Jeremy, it's been a pleasure having you on here. I want to congratulate you on all your success. Let everybody know how they can learn more about you and obviously what the best place for them to go on swag.com is. And then we'll wrap it up for today. Sounds great. So obviously come and reach out to me, Jeremy at swag.com or visit our website, swag.com, S-W-A-G.com. We would love to help you out. You know, whether you're buying swag for your office, you're buying swag for you know customers or leads, we have a really automated experience to easily find what you're looking for, design it, buy it in a matter of seconds, send that swag to one address or to thousands of different addresses at once. We'd love to help you out. Love it. Congrats on all your success. Really appreciate you being here. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much for having me. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.